0: Welcome to Positivity Strategist, a podcast to help you be the best you can be to grow your business, your relationships, and personal life. Our conversations with thought leaders and everyday people will inspire you. My mission is to show how positivity helps us all live a more rewarding and meaningful life. Hello, this is Robin Stratton of Positivity Strategist. This week, my wonderful guest is Jay Forte of The Greatness Zone. And before we begin our conversation, I'm going to start with our Positivity Lens segment. Remember, I do this each week as a way for us all to strengthen our positivity muscle and to hone our ability to view people and situations through a range of different lenses. Remember, what you focus on grows. And positivity can be learned. The Positivity Lens activity this past week after having Ted Coyne on the show talking about his book, A World Gone Social, the link to which is positivitystrategist.com slash PS10, was to think more intentionally about engagement and connections on social networks. Ted reminded us that our reputation was being built whether we did anything about it or not. I got out of that, that I can do more to take charge of growing socially in this digital world to ensure that I have a positive impact. At the end of the show, I suggested some actions we could all take. So how did you do? Did you implement any of the suggestions? And what came back to you? The good news is, you can continue to do this at any time. It's ongoing and will only grow if you keep up the practice. So I'd like to share my story of what I achieved last week on social media. I continue to share links that resonated with me. I use Pocket and Buffer. Buffer is my favorite tool for scheduling posts and blog articles on Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook. But this time, I CC'd some of my Twitter followers who I knew would find value in a particular post. In addition, I made it a habit Well, actually, I always make it a habit of acknowledging the author of the content that I'm sharing. This way, I connect my follower and the author of the piece, so in effect, I'm doing an introduction. I also commented on posts on all three networks that I use most, and I actually picked up the phone and called someone in my social network. I need to do that one more. Over the years, I have met some amazing people through social media, many of whom have become my friends and colleagues. I'm practicing open, ordinary people, extraordinary networks. Remember, that's one of the acronyms in a world gone social. In fact, most of my guests on this podcast come to me from social media or are referred to me by my social connections. Our guest today, Jay Forte, is such an example. And now, let's meet my guest, Jay Forte. So Jay, welcome to Positivity Strategist, and I'm so looking forward to our sharing today.
1: Robin, it is really my pleasure to be with you today.
0: (laughs) Great. You know, it's hard to introduce you, Jay, in a few sentences. You've got so much to offer and you're doing some amazing things in the world, especially with youth. But here's a tiny taste. So let me introduce Jay. Jay Forte is a business and motivational speaker. He's a coach and author. And Jay is president and founder of The Greatness Zone, an organisation that provides talent and strength-based tools to help people live extraordinary lives and organizations achieve exceptional results. Jay's also the creator of the Entrepreneurship and Innovation course at Lynn University in Boca Raton, Florida, where he's an adjunct professor. Jay's a fellow podcaster, and you may know, I'm sure you do, his podcast show is The Greatness Zone. And he has another one that's about to be launched next week called Ready for Life. Now Jay is also author of two books, Fire Up Your Employees and Smoke Your Competition and the next, second one is The Greatness Zone, Know Yourself, You'll Fit and Transform the World. Now all of these references to Jay you'll be able to get links to in our show notes at positivitystrategist.com PS11. Now Jay and I have had some really rich conversations over the last four months We've found synergies that excite us both. So it started with my being a guest on Jay's weekly podcast show, which I've referred to, The Greatness Zone, Finding Your Greatness Road in Life, and that was back in July. And since that time, we've met face-to-face and we've continued with a number of Skype calls. So we decided it would be fun and valuable to continue our conversation as a podcast episode. I feel a very deep connection to Jay. So Jay, again, thank you for being my guest today. And I'd love to hand over the mic to you now and ask you if you would be good enough to share what it is that you do and particularly what energizes you most about what you do.
1: Robin, thank you. Uh, And thank you for this opportunity for our conversation. You know how I love our conversations. You know, we uh, see the world in this wonderfully optimistic and positive way. And, and that's just so engaging. And, and that kind of describes a lot of the work that I'm doing. Part of the reason why I do the work that I do is that I spent most of the time not doing this work. I was misaligned through most of my life. And I found in the process of figuring out where I belonged in life, a, a way of sharing it with other people, that they could see what's right with the world instead of wrong with the world by looking at what's right with them instead of what's wrong with them. So much of my work is with uh, organizations and with people helping them see what their strength-based approach is, their focus on all of the things that's right with them. You know, the world does a very good job of reminding us all of the things that are not going well in the world or in, in our own lives. And what I found with this kind of work is that it does a very good job of taking or encouraging the next generation in particular of learning how to look at their their strengths, their talents, their values, their passions, and to use that as information to move forward.
0: So can you describe to us what the greatness zone is, Jay?
1: Yes, the greatness zone is that place where you are aware of what's best in you, and you bring it to your world. In mm. fact, it's summarized best by a quote that, that I didn't find until after I wrote the book. It's a quote by uh, Frederick Buechner, and he just says it better, I think, better than I do. He says, your vocation or your purpose in life is how I read it. Your purpose in life is where your greatest joy meets the world's greatest need. And, and that's kind of where the greatness zone is. It's a keen understanding of you. It's a keen understanding of your world and then learning to put the two together to show up and deliver to the world your purpose or your greatest possibility for, uh, for contribution.
0: Yeah. And having access to that, that seems key, right? So it's how do you tap into that within yourself? What was going on for you that led to where you are today?
1: Yes. um, You know, I stumbled into the greatness zone because I was uh, working. You know, I alluded to at the beginning that that most of my life I was kind of on somebody else's road, not Mm -hmm. my own. And one of the things that the, the greatness zone perspective shares is that, is that it's up to us to own our own road, to to identify where it is and beyond the one that fits you. And what most of us don't know is how to figure out by looking at the world or listening to the world, where is our place? So I was a CPA and a CFO for years. and, And I went to college for that kind of work because my parents had said to me, hey, your room is so neat and organized, you know, you should probably be an accountant. <laughs> it's not at all what I wanted to be. But I also didn't have the courage or the strength or the wisdom or the clarity to say, so what did I want instead? So I, I worked in a field for, for lots of years that was fine, but wasn't anywhere able to access any passion for it, that I could do it. I was good at it, but that didn't mean I liked it. And it didn't really strike any chords in me. I'm also, and the story I do share is that I was also the gay kid in a big Italian family where none of that was allowed. So I was really not authentic in either my work or my life until I was married for about 10 years and decided that the fictitious me just had to go because it was a dangerous place to be. I was the, the epitome of pessimist and negative and just everything about life. Uh, all I could see was the negative. And with developing some courage and some guidance that I had from others and to see that the greatest positive viewpoint of life comes from when you play to your own greatness, that you accept and see what it is that you've got, that you got all the right things and you should use them. And the view that you have of life when you come from that perspective is a far more significant, far more positive and far more optimistic one. And, and that was the changing point quit the whole financial side, started writing books, started training and coaching people in sharing with them a process in order to discover what it took me forever to discover is who am I, who, wh- what abilities do I have? What passions do I have? And what values are mine and where in the world could I do them? And by connecting that, that's where the greatness zone came out. If if I could discover this for me, knowing that I have a real process brain, one of the things I discovered about me is that I do have a process brain, that what if I could help people learn a process to self-discover, then the world opens to them, that everything now becomes possibility. And I had come from a place of no possibility. And the shift in it was, was the life-changing one, the remarkable one that now allows me to wake up each morning feeling thrilled by life instead of intimidated or hating life.
0: Yeah, you've you've pinpointed a couple of things that you really value about yourself, things that you're proud of. I mean, one of which is you recognize that you were very process-oriented and that here was a way that you could help others go through this self-discovery that you went through. So was this a gradual thing? Was It was building up over time, obviously, but was there a pivotal moment for you when you thought this is it or was it this accumulation of not feeling at your best and feeling letting the negativity bias take over your life? Can you talk to us a little bit about your process <laughs> that then you, then you were able to go out there and, and, and shape for others?
1: Yes. And and that's a great question, Robin, because, you know, we we would love it sometimes if there was just this poof, you know, we get the this inspiration and we just change things in the day. But most good change is really gradual and it's gradual because we we meander through it to find out if it's for us or not for us. And and one of the biggest things I learned about this is that that the way to self-discover is not that you can do an exercise and like I say, poof, you got it but that you do the exercises because they tune you in to watch. Mm-hmm. And in the watching, you start to gather information. And that, that the thing that I learned most in the tuning in was to be gentle and gradual with it. And, and my process of shifting out of the financial arena where I had for work happened because a company bought my company out and I was a CFO for and And I didn't want to move where the company wanted me to move. And I offered to start their education department for them. One of the passions that I always had was teaching people. And here was an opportunity that the universe kind of threw in front of me and said, hey, don't miss this one. Mm -hmm. So the big first change came for me when I shifted out of a career that was bringing me nowhere into a career that would open the world to me. And it was just tuned in enough that when the opportunity came up, I didn't say no out of course. I said, well, how about... What if, and could it be, and in that is where things started to change. I then started to teach my organization about how to hire people. One of my books is Fire Up Your Employees and Smoke Your Competition. And it was because we had shifted economies and the industrial age was over, the intellectual age was in, and how we hire people and what they do for work all changed, but nobody was, was using the change in order to figure out how to hire. They were missing a behavioral component that basically nowadays people have to be good at what the job requires and like it because they're not working behind machines anymore. They're working face-to-face with customers. So what I created was a way that we could put the right person in the right job. The reason why the Greatness Zone book, and so see, it's a mm-hmm. series of if-then statements yeah. that have popped out. The, the reason why the Greatness Zone book came out was when we went to the world and said, if you are this, methodical, charismatic, analytical, whatever the adjectives were that drove the behavior in the job, we said, if this is you, then you should apply. And what we found that most people said was, I have no idea. I don't know if that's me. So the Greatness Zone book came out as a way to help today's world understand what their words are. You know, what are my adjectives that describe my best behaviors that when put in those situations, I show a big and positive and optimistic and opportunity hunting rather than, oh, I'm so angry with this. I wish this day were over.
0: Yeah. I love the greatness zone. It's a beautiful parable. and describing exactly what you're saying right now. So uh, it's a great read for anybody of any age who's looking for some opportunities or looking for a way to begin to self-examine. And, in fact, some of the stuff that you're describing there, Jay, really does fit so well into my work, which is around positivity, because it it is about this optimism and looking at the world as offering many, many opportunities and possibilities and being open to that. Because as you pointed out, we do have a negativity bias. And so when you can marry the ideal of what you're wanting and what you believe is possible but maybe a bit fearful about it and then you have the practical steps or process to do it and it is a practice because positivity can be learned. It's it's full of these little moments but we can practice how we we can become more positive. And just as you're describing in finding your own greatness zone, it is a process of steps and learning and practice and all of these other things that just doesn't happen overnight. But having that awareness and that degree of consciousness and that hunger for something more, something more and something that's possible, I think is a great way that gets us going. We know that there's more than what we're experiencing right now, and we can do more, and there's more that the world has to offer us.
1: Yeah, I, I, I totally believe that, Robin. I, I think, you know, we come packaged to be game changers. You know, we come packaged to do a lot with what we've got. The challenge for most people is they don't know what they've got. So it's really hard to look through the world to find out your place. And when you don't know and you're a little bit aimless, you're not optimistic, you're you're confused and you're, you're concerned rather than, you know, with a little bit of clarity about what it is that seems to inspire you, then the world opens up you know, when you buy a car and you never noticed it until you bought it, now everybody seems to have it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, to me that that's what the world change is. You don't notice anything until you're aware of what's remarkable and amazing about you, what your built-in genius is. Mm -hmm. And then once you notice it, then opportunity after opportunity presents itself because your lenses are clear, about who you are, how you see the world, and then the world gives you back opportunities to connect more and more with that. So so greatness feeds positivity and I think positivity feeds greatness because the more you are aware of your own inventory of greatness. That's what I call it. Your inventory of greatness, your talents, your passions and your values, your unique set of lenses. The more aware you are of that, the more positive you can't help but become because the world turns into an opportunity for you.
0: That's right, yeah. And,
1: and, and then everything becomes something that fits you. There's some aspect of it. But um, the challenge for, for what I find in teaching college kids is that they don't know this. And in fact, I find most people don't know this. So it's quite the reaction they have because they pull in today's negativity because they don't have a louder more positive voice going on in their own head that came from their own clarity about who they are and what's great about them.
0: Yeah, I'm reminded of my TED talk <laughs> because the part of, the purpose of that was to show that when you feel good and you engage with people, you can't help but notice and you pick up much more of the contextual signals around you. So you go beyond your own cocoon self so you become less about me as the focus but more about we and so you become far more inclusive of others and you listen and you notice and you begin to see things from their perspective it's exactly what you're saying here that these that these ways of being in the world and practicing to look through a lens of what's working rather than what's broken it allows more of that to be experienced and to be found. But you're part of something larger than yourself. So all of this is so intertwined. And I'm very interested to hear about how you're finding that your teaching is landing on students. How receptive are they to this process and living and finding their greatness zone?
1: So I'm... Um- the business dean at this college that I teach at asked me to uh, he had read the greatness Own book and said, I would love this thinking to be presented to all of the college freshmen in my college, though I can't do all college kids. But what I can do is all business majors. So 55 percent of the school are business majors. So. He asked if I would build this thinking in and what we did was we, we built it around entrepreneurial, uh, the course is called entrepreneurship and innovation, but the core of it is not only to introduce some business fundamentals to them, which is cool because they they really don't know that it's to introduce to them that entrepreneurial thinking, which is really another way of saying positivity thinking because Mm -hmm. entrepreneurs look at the world for opportunity. That if we could create an opportunity mindset in every major as students go through college to help them build that, that's one of the skills that we're talking about is how do we shift out of being concerned about the world and seeing even the negative things in the world as possibilities for something more significant. So I have a class, this is the third time I've taught it, the um, The class of freshmen that I have, it's alarming for me that they just don't know who they are or why they're here. They don't know why they're in college. They don't know what they're studying and they don't know what they wanna do afterwards. So to me, in one minute, I'm freaked out by it because how could you be this old in your early 20s and not have a clue? And I think, well, who am I to throw a stone? It took me until I was 50 to figure me out. Mm-hmm. But what I find most engaging about this is how can I take them on this journey to tune into the world that they know nothing about or so little about? and tune into the, the main character in it, who's them, and they know so little about that one as well.
0: Jay, can I just interject for a sec? Yeah. So I'm curious to know when you say they know nothing about this world, mm. how old are they? They're 18, 19? 20,
1: 20? yeah, 19, 20, 21, that, that range.
0: So what are you discovering that's in their world currently that they're not noticing this other world?
1: So technology helps and hinders us, I think. Mm -hmm. The technology connects us to a bigger world, but they keep picking the same five things to look at. Mm -hmm. So they miss a huge amount of things that are going on outside of the part of the world that they thought was important. Mm. They know a lot about a certain amount of their friends or a certain kind of video or a certain cat video or some of the other stuff that they see over and over again. So here's one of the exercises I give them on their way uh, to, on the way into class, they have to, wherever they're coming from to the moment they get to my class, they have to tune in and tune in and notice something that they never noticed before. (laughs) And when we do this, I think we've had this conversation before and uh, Juergen had a great idea Mm -hmm. about taking a picture of it. So that's what they do now. Mm -hmm. When they notice it, the question I ask, where's the opportunity in it? Don't just look at it, tune in and ask this question. What could make this better? And if you could ask that question, you would start to notice things about things that maybe were never on your radar. Mm. Then to encourage them more, at the beginning of each class, we have five different exercises that we do. One is tell us about the hottest job you've heard about, because why would you be majoring in a job that is now on the dying side instead of the growing side? Because they don't watch. What is something going on in the workplace? What's a hot product? What is social media saying? and what's going on in the world at large. Mm -hmm. So we give them a a subscription to the Wall Street Journal. We say, go out to the world and find this and present it to your class. And at the end of whatever they present, I ask the class, where's the opportunity? Mm -hmm. And the reason why I do, it's totally a positivity or appreciative inquiry mindset. Mm -hmm. I want you to see what is positive and good about this. Even if what you presented is Ebola, then I wanna know who has some inventory of greatness some mindset that says you could do a lot about this and I want you to start looking at everything from the perspective of where's the opportunity and is this something for me
0: wow yeah that's yeah, fabulous it,
1: yeah if the answer is no I'm you know I'm okay mm. with that because many times it's as valuable for them to know what's not for them as mm-hmm. to know what is for them but the absence of knowing is the part that that floors me the most that they could make it this far in life and not know. But then again, like I said before, who am I to to throw stone here? This just says to me, hey, there's huge opportunity here. So in my own sense, I can look at the same situation and ask myself the same appreciative inquiry question. Where's the opportunity with these kids? What would it take in order for them to show up different at the end of this class than at the beginning of this class? And instead of finding fault or why they don't know, what if instead my only objective was to do anything I could to encourage them to be complete, uh, significantly more aware of themselves and their world and their fit mm. at the end of the class than, than they were at the beginning of the class.
0: Yeah. So you're really encouraging them to shift the self-focused, egocentric to look out there. But they're part of being out there. So it's their place in the world. But looking at their place in the world as being able to be of value. It's a mutual thing. So they're serving and they're being served at the same time. So it's, it's, um, it's really opening up their awareness to all these other possibilities and not being so singularly focused on their little world. But they're part of a very big world and they can have an influence in the bigger world by choosing how they interact with it.
1: Exactly. And that what's required is the awareness that they are here, that world is here, and success happens in the combination. Mm -hmm. How, How do you build those two together? There's this wonderful quote by Buckminster Fuller, and I use this with the kids all the time, and it goes like this. What is it on this planet that needs doing that I know something about that probably won't happen unless I take responsibility for it? How might I look at the world from my unique lenses, see them as valuable, see my lens, my view as Mm -hmm. valuable and use it for good, use it in the service of others. And that requires self-awareness, world awareness and a commitment to put the two together. And and that's truly what the Greatness Zone is about. And that's why this business dean wanted that thinking in this course, so that not only did they come away with some information about themselves, but this is the groundwork that great entrepreneurs have. They are scouring their world for opportunity from their unique vantage point and the uniqueness of their perspective, they value it instead of minimize it by trying to listen to the voices of everybody else. They listen and trust their own voice in that um, assessment of the world.
0: Yeah, Jay, do you have a particular story that you can share where this is being demonstrated? where it delights you to see what what changes, what shifts you're seeing in some of your students?
1: Yeah, so so I'm an activity-based guy. And and that's, you know, that comes, I think that comes from the process mind. For you to move from point A to point B, we're going to have to have some practice. One of the exercises we do is we ask them when they self-discover to create a branding statement. How might you tell the world what's right with you? So we run them through this exercise on how to build a branding statement so that if by chance they got stopped in an elevator with a CEO about their internship, they could actually share with them some of their strong positive qualities as it relates to what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And as luck would have it, that's exactly what happened. So we just finished this exercise and one of our students was on an elevator with the CEO of a company that they were interning for. And the CEO said, oh, I know you're the intern, tell me a little bit about you. And this student just went through the three lines of the branding statement that we had trained them in, in this moment, and this CEO's jaw drops. How did you know how to do that, he said, or asked. And the kid said, we just finished this in school. And I'm like, wow, yes, terrific. We, we have helped the students see what's right with them, not what's wrong with them. Mm. So we asked you and we asked the students in the branding exercise to identify what are your strengths? How do they connect big with the world so that this is actually a, a lesson in humility, believe it or not. It's, it's that I am aware that I'm not great at everything, but here's a couple of things for some reason I came packaged with in a really big way. And the more I do this, the more i show up to my world in a more significant we use the word in the class epic way and that's the place where you start to to live this theme that you know frederick beekner's great quote says your your vocation or your purpose in life is where your greatest joy and i'll say that as greatest abilities meets the world's greatest needs. Mm -hmm. You're good at it, they need it, put it together, you soar, they get something good out of it. The entire focus of this shifts from negative or just get by into greatness and positivity. And that's the epic, to me, that's the place of this big change and why this shift of workplace is the impetus behind this major movement to move out of the pessimism of the industrial age to the optimism of the intellectual age.
0: Yeah. Yes, and of course we know that when you work to your strengths, you're far more productive, you're far more open to enter into relationships and have greater tolerance and understanding, you feel far more energized, you're far more creative, decision-making comes easier, you sleep better, and life life is less stressful when you're working to your strengths. And then all those, pos- all those positive emotions come into play and when you feel good, you start doing good. So, you know, the whole thing is very much a feedback loop and it's those upward spirals of working towards the things that make you feel most engaged and most alive um, because it's all about aliveness. You know, when did you feel most alive in the work that you do or when you're playing or when you're in relationships, what is it that really enlivens your spirit? So this is this is, I think, the when we talk about appreciative inquiry, we look for what when are people and organizations most alive? We look for what gives life to humans and to organizations.
1: And and that is completely the focus of this course. And, and so so the introduction to doing more work with that generation, the millennials came directly from you know a moment of despair looking at the generation aimless about things that matter. So now I, I read Buckminster Fuller's line that says, you know, what is it on the planet that needs something that needs doing that I know something about that probably won't happen unless I take responsibility. And that fed me my own line about this ready for life process that we're just starting, because this generation I think needs somebody who thinks like you and like me to say, well, see the benefit of this appreciative approach to life, how it just, it activates all of the positive switches of life. Well, what did it take to get there? Well, that's what I think the Greatness Zone does, is it creates the process of self-awareness where you start to identify the things that you do best so that you get to show up in that world from a positive perspective. You know, if all day long you're in a job you hate, and so there's some alarming statistics in the workplace that say that 55% of employees do just enough so they don't get fired. Mm -hmm. Um, 19% of employees don't care if you fire them, they hate work so much. But if you do the math, that leaves about 30% of the workplace show up in the appreciative inquiry mindset, in the the positivity mindset that we call them in the workplace. We call them passionately, passionate performers are passionately connected. And the biggest thing that leads to that is the awareness of yourself about the things that you are great at and do they align to what the job needs done. If it does, you put yourself in a success environment where you show up as your biggest, best and most creative self. If you do that, you start to then activate all of those positivity attributes, that the work is better, the connections are better, the quality of life is better, because you were wise enough to put yourself into a place that fits you.
0: Beautiful. Do you want to say a little bit more about the new podcast, Ready for Life?
1: Yeah, we're, we're so excited about this one. And, and this one, again, you know, the world talks loud to you if you tune in. And <laughs> it wasn't always this way. I was determined that the Greatness Zone podcast was my way. And then I realized that what we really need is a focus on this next generation and their parents, what are the things, and that's why we called it Ready for Life. We're not saying we are we have any wisdom about what your life should be. But what we do offer is a process to think about what might be for you after high school. So in middle school, high school, and college, what are you thinking about? What do you need to think about? And how do you develop your self-awareness enough that the world starts to give you information about you? So our plan is to connect with experts in the millennial generation to help them show them that we understand what is going on in their world. And we're going to talk a lot about the thinking in the greatness zone in a uh, workshop that we host called Life Possibilities that, is, that uses the greatness zone thinking.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So Ready for Life is like the big process and it has a number of steps and we're doing some um, new things. One is we're starting the free podcast. We want everybody to that and listen to that. And we're also aware I uh, mean, I'll tell you, I haven't told anybody else this yet. <laughs> we have built a talent assessment, a behavioral based assessment for the fire up your employees and we use it in the greatness zone, but we're creating one for millennials, for teens. Mm. It's going to be free. We want every, every millennial to take this and we call it three about me. What are your three big words that share with you, the your core passions, your core abilities, the things you seem to excel at? And if you knew that, then you would start to look at the world differently. So we want to make it available to everybody that in a world that requires clarity about who you are and how you think, let's give you a tool to help you do it. So that's coming. We're we're almost finished writing it. We had to modify our language and we're going to deliver it, we think, in video form instead of a report form because that's who our generation is. But So we're doing these things, the life possibilities workshop. We have a workshop called Life Leader and a workshop called College Connections. If college is for you, what's the career you're after at? And then what major would connect to it? So we're trying to create a GPS and a roadmap Mm -hmm. for the millennials to navigate their way in a world that seems really foreign for them. Mm -hmm. And it's intention is to bring them to the other side of this, clear about who they are, making good choices, feeling competent in what they do and living courageously as who they are, knowing that if they could do that, then the world that they will inspire will be one more positive, more engaging, and more empowering than the one that I think they're inheriting
0: so a couple of things Jay there are workshops around this yes yeah? there
1: are three different workshops yeah
0: okay and then there'll be the podcast and it will be video as well
1: no that's a really good point so the younger generation probably would prefer that the thinking initially is it's it's audio to start but mm-hmm. but we'll get our legs and then we'll figure out what what mm. they need most um, by getting out and help and yeah. getting getting feedback from from them about what works and what doesn't work. You that, know, that generation, I do have to admit, they're pretty good about telling you. Yeah. You know, if yeah. this isn't working, they don't mince any words about it.
0: Yeah, so. because it's having, I mean, it's giving them the opportunity to have their voice, right? It's,
1: it's That's right. It's not just
0: talking at them, but including them and <laughs> in being part of this. I mean, because, you know, we, we know any success for anything to stick you have to have your voice. You have to be included. You, you know, you just can't talk at people. They have to say how it is for them. And that's what's another thing I'd just like to chat about a little bit, about the connection. Because one of the valuable things with appreciative inquiry is when we do the full AI process, it starts with a discovery interview. And the discovery interview is the opportunity for people to tell their own stories around a specific topic, whatever it is, whether it's identifying when they've shown leadership. Tell me a time when you were standing up to your leadership or tell me a time when you felt you were in a great relationship or tell me a story of when you, when you were felt most successful in your studies. So you're really inviting people to share stories with each other about when they were operating or experiencing their best So part of that is is enabling them to tell their own story and therefore through the story identify what works, their strengths, what gives them joy, what was positive, what were the opportunities, you know, all the things that made it successful or that they're proud of. But the other really significant piece of that is that they're in relationship, connecting to one other human being and the potential for shared intimacy or shared understanding and then together they create something that comes out of this new relationship and the words that they're using that's the value and so uh, you know how we can bring more of deeper connections and strengthening relationships so people feel this deeper connection that if we do it in the biggest and best sense for the Uh, you know of humanity that we begin to experience a care and a love for each other and I'm just wondering the opportunity you know in your teaching for this sense of connection where people have an opportunity to feel engaged connected and almost like they're together they're in this together
1: well, I love that you said that um, or asked that. The, um, it's funny, most professors are still in tell mode, you know, where, uh, in fact, the kids came into class and their first question to me was, what does it take to get an A in this class? I'm like, I have no idea. Imagine do the work. But what I want most for you is to learn to see the world differently. That to me would be worthy of your time and that you would be open to all of this. So they are looking for someone not to be in relationship with them. They're looking for someone to stand in front and tell them the answers. Mm. And this is how I totally freaked them out because that's not what I want. What I want for them is to be in relationship with me as we talk about really unusual things that they did not expect. But I imagine is what a college environment is about. So... One of them, not every professor does this, but and I'm only an adjunct, meaning, you know, it's, it's I just teach this one class. But I'm insistent that I talk to every one of my students. So they don't always like it, but but I will meet with them during the course of the semester. And what we get is a moment of connection. We talk about the things that they're finding out about themselves. When they start to hear their voice, one of the questions I ask is, when you're starting to hear your voice, what does it say first of all? And what's the greatest fear you have of hearing that voice? And they are not expecting anybody to ask them that, particularly a professor. But to me, the my coach training says that that is the only right way here. Mm-hmm. How might we together, you realize that I'm here to engage you in a way that helps you be the biggest and best you. And that I'm really not more concerned about the grades. You're going to get a grade. I get that. But what I want for you is what the nature of this material is about, which is discovery about you and your world. And I want to walk with you for a little while because nobody walked with me for a long time. And I felt it really hard and really alone until people started walking with me. And then I realized this was pretty easy and easy. I don't mean like I could figure it out. It just meant that I was supported. And the moment I felt supported, then some of the things I would shy away from, I didn't shy away from them. So the require, there's two things that we try and do to build connection. One is I meet with them. And the other one is we put them on teams. And the reason for putting them on teams is so they'll talk and support each other. And so most of the classes, I have them move their desk around and get back into team and make them talk about something where they have to share what they think with somebody else. And I walk around just to find out if people are kind enough to let anybody talk. It's never what they say. It's that they get to say is what I'm listening for. They don't know that, but, but that's, that's why I do it. Mm. Those two things I think create the possibility for them to see what connection feels like. And I know one of the reasons why they ask me if I teach other classes is though it initially in class, I think I do freak them out a little bit because I'm really not like most professors, (laughs) but by the end, they're like, we're going to take your next class. What is your next class? And and guys, sorry, I'm I'm not full time here. And I think they, they are beginning to tune into someone who truly cares for them regardless of what their answers are. And um sees or creates for them the environment to do some work that maybe they were afraid to do on their own.
0: You're opening up opportunities that lead to their personal empowerment. Because I think when you feel totally empowered, you're set free to be your best.
1: Yeah, no, I, I believe that. And and I think the the step before that is the awareness and the clarity of who you are mm. allows you to step into your power. That's mm-hmm. the line we use in coaching. You know, how are you stepping into your power? That does in a negative way. It's it's how are you aware of what's right with you and great yes. with you? And yes. do you bring that?
0: Hmm, This is so rich. I'm just wondering, you know, you're very into, it's very aspirational and inspirational at the same time. And so as you're embarking on now ready for life, what's the What's the conversation that you hope it's going to open up between parents and their children and the community at large?
1: My intention for it is to engage parents in the discussion about what's right and where's the direction for their kid. So, so I grew up in a big Italian family, six kids. I'm third, you know, we had one direction. Here's what you do, one roadmap. And if you are fine with that roadmap, then off you go. But as I shared with you before, being the gay kid, that wasn't on the roadmap. (laughs) So it, it, it meant that you were moving through life according to the, to the dictates of your parents rather than your own self-awareness. So the biggest thing that, that I hope comes from this is that we empower kids youth, today's youth, I'm calling kids, today's youth to be aware of themselves and accountable for themselves mm-hmm. and to affect a discussion with the parent that a parent's guidance isn't for them to be mini versions of the parent, mm-hmm. but for the parents to understand that that deep in that child is a blueprint and a series of abilities that need some discovery. Beautiful and if they could have that conversation and the first thing i have to do is to break some of the technology i get that technology may be wonderful but i find it an inhibitor mm-hmm. into this entire entire process of self awareness or relationship between parents and their kids that you know the electronic babysitter a lot of people call it mm-hmm. has replaced the ability of the parent and the child to talk about things that matter and by giving each side the language about things that matter. Now we have some common ground that we're trying to create for them, the process to say, how do I help you be your best? Not how do I help you be a little version of me? And in that there's education for the parent and in that is freedom for the child. Doesn't mean that you just move through life, just you know focused on passion, whatever your passions are, you should do. You still have to be fully accountable I remember that line from my parents. We hope you love life and do the things that are truly right for you. But at the end of the day, you still have to afford being on the planet. So what is the combination that uses your best abilities and you like it well enough to get up each day and do it and be great at it so that the quality of life that you have is an extraordinary one and you move out. (laughs) You have to move out, (laughs) pull yourself together and move out. Mm -hmm. And um, we knew with a big family that living at home was, was not, you know, my parents said, look for our sanity, you need to move out someday. And and that's cool because, you know, everybody needs to blaze their own trail. It It is, what do we do to help them be capable of doing it instead of force feeding them a road that may or may not be theirs? How do we guide them? Mm-hmm. So, and, and help. So we'd like to be the educators in that process with this, this process that we have for some reason I feel that has been, shared with me from powers that are bigger than me. Here's the thing I think I'm supposed to do. Share that in, with the intention of helping everybody discover in it, not who they should be, You know, meaning I don't have your answer on who you should be, but I have a process that you could use so that parents and students or parents and kids could work on it together and then figure it out.
0: That's wonderful. Well, I think this has just been so rich. And thank you so much, Jay, for sharing what you're doing in the world. And the fact that you are making a huge positive difference and helping people be the best that they can be by tapping into their own greatness zone and finding their path on the road and that they fit into the world and that the world shows up for them and they show up for the world.
1: I think I think that's the big one. They show up to the world and the world shows up for them. That's the connection I think that we're after. And. And we have to do our work. We didn't get an owner's manual, so we don't know. But that's why we get to shop each day in life and learn. Mm. And you will learn more when you're positive about your world than when you're negative about your world. So what are the things that we can do to get people more positive? And I find the clearer you are that you have amazing abilities, arms you to show up big to your world and not focus on the negative. You know, the world is so loud about telling you who you are, what you should believe, where you should live, what you should own, that when you don't have it, you come at it feeling negative. What it doesn't share with you is what's right with you. So why don't you start from that place? Mm. And from that, all of the things that we touch now can be more optimistic. And then in that optimistic mindset, we see opportunity and possibility that were previously closed from us.
0: Beautifully said. That is so lovely. It's a lovely note to end on, Jay.
1: Yeah, you know us, we can talk about this forever, which <laughs> I, I so appreciate. And to see that there are allies in this push for a wonderful Transformed world where we focus on all that's right with it instead of wrong with it, I think is is just a wonderful mission. I love your mission.
0: ditto. So why don't you just share with us now how people can find you? And I'll have, as I said earlier, all of these lovely references where how people can find out more on our show notes.
1: Sure. And thank you for that, Robin. Um, you can find all of the work that we do at thegreatnesszone.com. Everything related to the workplace you can find at fireupyouremployees.com. We have a wonderful Greatness Zone Facebook page and our uh, The Greatness Zone podcast is out on iTunes. And uh, so you can find it there or you can find it on our website. And watch for the Ready for Life podcast. We're so excited about that. And hopefully that will be the game changer that we're after helping the next generation soar.
0: Beautiful. Well, thank you for your work, Jay, and thank you so much for being with us today.
1: Oh, Robin, entirely my pleasure. Thank you for letting me ramble on about uh, all that's right with the world.
0: It's good rambling. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) The positivity lens activity for this week is to practice something that Jay gives to his freshman entrepreneur and innovation class. It'll be fun to exercise our positivity lens by widening our focus to notice new and different things in the world. So as you move about and you do your thing in the next week, stay alert to identify three things that he suggested. One, what's the hottest job you're noticing? What's the hottest product? What's the hottest trend on social media? And what are the opportunities in each of these three things that you're noticing? Have fun Remember, you can always share your hottest discoveries by voicemail on positivitystrategist.com slash voicemail. It'll be fun to hear directly from you. Also, you can be notified of new episodes by email. Links to all these suggestions are available on positivitystrategist.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening and remember... What you focus on grows, so grow towards your best.